Oh, here we are back reviving something that's been gone for more than a decade. We're going to bring it back with a new style. So sit back and please listen in a well-lit room at a good distance from the speaker, because we are here to talk about common writer Kuga. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, The More You Nerd, the show where we talk about nerdy stuff that we think everybody should check out. And we are here with another uh, installment of our Toku Vimber, our Toku Satsu uh, uh, storyline, where we storyline. That's not a story. It's a we're a, a review show. Uh, anyway. <laughs> It's a storyline, whatever. That's fine. Uh, anyway, we're talking this month about Common Rider, something that uh, I have fallen absolutely in love with. And I wish that I hadn't introduced it into my life because now I'm a little obsessed, but I'm not the only one that's a little obsessed. Miles, how are you, friend? I'm not going to lie. It has been a rough week. Drew, I know we don't do talk nerdy to me anymore. Um, Although I've, I've kind of wanted to bring it back a little bit. So because we don't get to talk nerdy as much as we used to. Well, we do personally. But, if you if you ever want to yes. listen to Miles and I talk nerdy, uh, then you need to uh, join the di- Discord uh, Cosmic Crit, our other podcast Discord server, uh, which you are welcome to do. And uh, we you'll get and to talk, talk exclusively to- with us all day long. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes um, we're bored at work. Yes. So. This one, I. I. I don't typically bring up current events on the show these days because we don't do talk nerdy as as much. But something happened that affected the two of us because it's an important. Just an important person. Um, In the last week, we lost Kevin Conroy, who by all means is Batman. And. I, I kind of wanted to take just a couple minutes to talk about because we just did the celebration of Batman, the animated series in and, September. And, and you know what? And, by, by the way, I'm glad we did. I, I'm glad yeah. that we got the opportunity to do that without it being a memorial service. Yes, because me too. I, I it was a celebration. It was a celebration as it should be, because that that is a man who should be celebrated. Kevin Conroy is the the voice of Batman and it, it, to me always will be. Uh, mm-hmm. He he broke ground on what he did, not just with Batman's voice, but with Bruce Wayne and and so many other roles. But I mean, come on just you you can go back and listen to those episodes and hear how much we gush over his performance and and there is uh because they basically kind of put it, put this aspect out for free there was a story from i believe it was the DC Pride special that was written by Kevin Conroy about his achieving or getting the role of Batman and talking about what it meant to him and it is deeply powerful 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 this is someone who didn't just break ground in 
in the superhero genre. He broke ground in real life. Uh, by all accounts, he was just a tremendously kind force in people's lives. Someone who actively loved what he was doing, who he was doing it with. And I mean, uh, and, and selfishly, I mean, yes, he is the voice of my childhood hero. He's the voice of my adult hero. It, he is since the time I watched the first episode that I ever saw of Batman, the animated series, been the voice of Batman in my head when I read the comics. And it's not just that we lost a famous person. It's not just we lost someone who did something very well. I think we lost someone who really kind of lived the ethos of a character that we hold up to such high esteem. And I really just wanted to take a moment to celebrate the life of Kevin Conroy before we started talking this week. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I was, uh, I was on online uh, a couple of days after and, you know, the old TikTok uh, that I'm uh, obsessed with now it was my, my feed was full of, of Kevin Conroy stuff. But then I saw one TikTok that shared a lot of clips from the gray ghost uh, that mm. one, one of the episodes that we covered and just hearing basically my two Batman uh, because that episode features Adam West from the 60s series and Kevin Conroy as the, as the at the time current Batman. It just. It hits differently now, uh, and uh, that was a tough one to tough one to watch. Um, we will miss you. We will always have you. I, 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 I've seen so many people talk about the Arkham games because that was their onboarding point to Kevin Conroy as, as Batman. And he just did such a fantastic job in those two. I just, uh, yeah. And I, I didn't mean to spring this on you, but I just with the history of our podcast and everyone knows our absolute obsession with all things Batman. I, I couldn't not have us recognize the the life of Kevin Conroy um, since it's, you know, so fresh. And I mean, honestly, it was. You know, it was pretty shocking to both me and, and, and Drew, um, not that we knew him or anything, just. Yeah. There are certain people that you kind of always expect to be around, yeah, well, just, and even though it defies all logic. And I mean, let's be honest, he was also he was only 66. I mean, 66 eight is is on the older end of things, but it ain't ancient. Yeah. And uh, no, no, he was absolutely young. And so, yeah, it's it's just one of those those things that I just I wanted to talk a little bit about because um, it's it's one of my favorite vocal performances in the history of voice acting. I, I think that he understood a character like this and the duality of a character like this in a way that not to disrespect any other voice actor that's done Batman, because I think there've been plenty of great Batman voices, but there is something that he brought to this role that I don't think has been replicated. I don't think will be replicated because there is a, a, a subtlety to his difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman and the infliction he gave to those. And no one live action or otherwise has gotten it one, the way that Kevin Conroy did. One hundred percent so uh 
sorry to, to begin on a bummer. I, I just, I really wanted to honor someone who has meant the world to me for almost my entire life. Well, now let me try to, to <laughs> now let's to, talk about common writer <laughs> to segue. Uh, so as, as we talk about something that was groundbreaking and opened the doors to, uh, to, to just a world uh, of, of one particular character that lasted uh, for, for decades beyond it. Let's talk about uh, how a show that had disappeared off the airwaves for a decade came back. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, (laughs) So let's talk about Kamen Rider Kuga. So on our last episode, we talked about Kamen Rider Black and it's and a little bit about its its direct sequel, Common Rider Black RX, and how Common Rider Black was extremely popular, and Common Rider Black RX was not. Um, that that so the show went off the air, and uh, and we mentioned a little bit about how there wasn't another show for a decade, and while that is true, I do want to talk a little bit about the fact that there were three movies that were made in the common writer uh in the common writer world uh as it, across the the next couple of years so common writer black rx went off the air in i believe 88 um in 1992 we had shin common writer prologue which what was uh actually kind of a reboot slash prequel to the original common writer show but it was made for the the sake of you know, adult audiences who grew up on Common Rider. It is like an actual body horror, bio horror movie. <laughs> um, uh, the 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 thing that I I haven't seen it. Uh, they they there are some references on what I am seeing to some other R rated stuff, but I can't confirm whether that's in there or not. Um, but so Common Rider didn't completely disappear. But after after uh. Shin Kamen Rider prologue, which is funny because there's a new movie that's going to be Shin Kamen Rider, but it's not the same as this one that I'm talking about. We have Kamen Rider Z.O. and Kamen Rider J. And these were both both other movies that took place in 1993 and 1994. Uh, So Kamen Rider kept going a little bit. And there were a couple of little smaller projects uh, from from time to time. But for a large portion of the 90s, Kamen Rider was not really around in new new formats um which brings us to this week's episode common writer kuga which i will say i mean this this does kick off a new era of common writer and it clearly is kicking off a new era of common writer it's gonna get wilder from here but there are some things about this show that that you that play the classics. Yeah. I mean, you still have a Spider-Man in the first episode and a Batman in the second. Like <laughs> there, there, are, there are some things and that, and that doesn't necessarily stay consistent with the series, but there are some things this, this show loves keeping. It has, we have seen uh, three different spider than bat monsters uh, so far, which is really, really funny. Like it honestly kind of reminds me of the Gundam franchise a little bit. Like where, especially in the UC, when you have different characters, but like kind of live out the same experience. Like when you see the the new teenage pilot get backhanded by someone in authority in the first two episodes, <laughs> like that that always seems to happen. 
uh what is it what is it that george lucas says about the prequels versus the the sequel or the the originals it's uh it rhymes it's like poetry it's that sort of thing yeah um, and, and 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 i mean i do love some of this symmetry that we have with these kind of long-standing franchises they're fun i mean sentai obviously has it they've kept most of the same kind of primary and secondary colors for their main teams. And you always have a six ranger. Uh, sometimes they've obviously deviated from that formula and common Rider will deviate from its formula, but it is still interesting that even though this tells a very different story because black and the original show feel, I mean, black feels like a remake pretty much of, I mean, it was the first kind of reboot of the common Rider yeah. idea, but where black, stuck a little closer to because we even talked about this we were talking about common rider black that that all the common writers that we have watched so far have felt a bit darker a bit you mm-hmm. know uh, you know that we we have the the main characters get losing people that they that they hold dear and and you know people dying early on and and they're just being a lot of i mean common rider black especially it's just an actually dark show a lot of it happens which from the time it came out makes perfect sense it being a late 80s show like it 80s sci-fi is generally pretty damn dark yeah i mean you think you think the stuff that came out in the late i mean robocops from the late 80s yeah, stuff I like mean, that like i mean and i mean even this one this this is a little bit of a tunnel shift it's still got like death you still have like these creatures that are killing people but there is a little bit more of a hop in its step it's a little lighter in terms of its overall feel in a way i i think partially it's because of our protagonists I think I, I I think you are correct about that. So to go back to a little bit of history, the Kamen Rider Kuga uh, is is the first show in, you know, a, a decade. The the seeds, however, were planted in this. And I, I just I'm, I, I find the history of this very funny. And I say the history. Understand that I'm doing air quotes when I say that, because it's tough as an American to find some stuff that is translated well uh, for for some of this stuff. But. The Ishinomori, the creator of Kamen Rider, who uh, sadly passed away before Kuga could come out, um, he he had been working on a new Kamen Rider project, and a lot of which would get translated into to Kuga. But it, as it turns out, if and, and this is something that we talked about a lot, a lot of the 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 prominence of Kamen Rider coming back came from. Hiroshi Fujioka, who was the original common writer in the original show. And because at the time in the late 90s, he was doing that Segata Sanshiro character, the Sega mascot. Mm-hmm. And because he was back and he was so known for doing common writer and back doing this this other character, people started talking about common writer again. And because of that and and sort of coming off of the movies that had happened and then into these sort of years of this this uh uh <laughs> like mascot character basically they kind of uh Toei decided to to kind of you know take a take another little stab at Kamen Rider and that's where Kuga comes from um so so let's get into to Kuga itself this show is a uh, different this is a very very different common writer show and and this is kind of i was expecting more 
of something like this with black. I mean, black having it's a little bit darker edge being late 80s, all that I expected. I didn't expect it to, to mirror the original show as much. And I, I know from what I read, like it was supposed to be kind of a return to form after um, the other shows that had come out, uh, your your Amazon, Stronger, Skyrider, like the, they were different shows. But it is interesting that the ones that we have happened to choose and more or less randomly, I want to point that part out. Yes. Have all kind of had that mapping made by the original common writer. And this one, I will say, outside of having some staples like your Spider and Batman is a very different flavor in almost every aspect. And I got to say, I appreciated it. Yeah, there is an aspect of this show that reminded me of like. There is this, the score of this movie reminds me or this, the show reminds me for whatever reason of like the consistent score in forever night. Yeah, I could because it's it's a weird score. Um, it's, a, gonna, it's a weird score. It feels like it's for a darker show because but it's also about like these ancient ruins and these monsters. And every time things are going, you hear that. Bong, bong. It, it feels like forever night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so the, the, it's important to note Common Rider Kuga came out in January 30th of the year 2000. We are literally we have missed the 90s completely when it comes to TV shows, at least because uh Black RX went off the air in 89 and here we are in the year 2000 things have changed. Um, Notably, especially the way that things are shot, (laughs) especially the way that things are shot. This show was shot in widescreen uh, for the first time. And I believe HD, uh, if I remember, yeah, it's 1080i, I think, um, which is the first for the Kamen Rider series. Um, But it also has some hiccups because this is also the first common writer that uses uh, computer CG graphics. And if you are of a certain age and you remember those times and you thought, Oh man, this is so cool in the year 2000 and then go back to it. 20, 22 years later. Oh, this is, does not look good. <laughs> I, I, I will say uh, for TV 2000, not bad. I mean, it's not bad, but it's... Yeah, sure, by today's standards. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, thinking of some of the shows of this type that we had even in the year 2000, not bad. There there is a way this show is shot. It almost feels like a K-drama from, like the mid 2000s it's it's this weird kind of shot on video type of look it 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 definitely feels shot on video and there's also a lot of like holds on characters faces Mm -hmm. as they sort of have a realization or a and and there's like a uh, uh, yeah there's a very live feel to this that i'm i'm low-key obsessed with i'm (laughs) i'm super in love with it (laughs) um and the story is delightfully bonkers like i mean comrade has always been a little bonkers but it was kind of like anime superhero bonkers like oh this guy was created by this uh organization that wants to take over the world this is guy finds or basically force gumps his way into coming across this belt that was <laughs> excavated from an ancient ruin and apparently in the excavation, they unleash an ancient curse. We don't know yet. 
Yeah, after joking that, oh no, do these runes on this coffin, are they going to curse us? Yes, turns out they will. So, so that is that is very 90s writing in general. <laughs> yeah. So so with this uh and and we'll we'll talk about some of the characters because this is this is also a I think a big difference in this show versus previous Kamen Rider shows. Again, previous Kamen Rider shows that we have seen. That is an important yes. thing because we have only really watched a couple of episodes of a lot of these shows. This is scratching the surface. Um, but uh, so so there is a a, a dig going on, a, an archaeological dig that that. Uh, our, our main character, Yusuke. Was a part of, but he left before they actually did anything. Uh, just because he is kind of an adventurer. He is. <laughs> this, <laughs> he's such an interesting character. Um, he's, and, I mean, but, listen, but Forrest Gump wasn't the most inaccurate uh, way to describe. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. So but in 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 opening the the this tomb that they find, uh, they actually unleash a, a uh, an ancient tribe called the Gorongi which were at war with the Linto. Uh, then, and again, we have heard these names. We know who the Gorongi are. We're going to assume the Linto are everybody else. Um, and that is where we kind of begin this as our, as, as our boy Yusuke Godai uh, kind of happenstances his way into the common Rider belt and becomes the new common Rider. Although in the four episodes that we watched, no one calls him Common Rider. They only call him Kuga, which is probably by choice, but I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, herein lies the the problem we did with watching two episodes um, for each show is because this is such a serialized thing, a lot of the main stuff, like, we have not encountered at all. And... It's a bummer. Like, I mean, in this one, we don't even get to see a transformed bike. We just see him on a regular bike. I mean, Miles, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, background talk. We did talk. We were going to watch four episodes because this one was very available. So I oh, definitely watched. Yes. Oops. <laughs> and we definitely in the fourth episode get to see the transformed bike. So well, I, well, I mean, that's good. <laughs> but like, I mean, again, and not that you have to do everything in the first two episodes. I mean, typically, yes, we do tend to watch a few more. Um, I, I will say though, because my point still stands the serialized nature of the show, there are tropes and archetypes that are synonymous with common writer that we haven't really gotten to experience. So I, so I think that that is, that is, is, is true to a certain extent. This show and let's talk about Yusuke because of the common writers that we have seen so far, we have the common writer who was the super genius, super athlete who was turned into a cyborg against his will and now becomes a lone warrior against Shoka. And we have the, the, the uh, uh, young man who he and his adoptive brother who are basically twins because they were born at exactly the same time and were raised together, but are not biologically connected, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, we're both put under a, a kind of a, 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 a ceremony as part of their 
a, a part of some cult that their parents were both involved in in Common Rider Black, and then they that ultimately pits the two of them against each other. Yusuke, just just kind of a kind of a kind of a doofus, kind of a <laughs> kind of a fun I, I mean, guy. I, I, lo- I love, I love, but I, but this this makes sense to me because think about it. What kind of characters resonated from the nineties? You know, the the cool guy, the slacker, the I mean, these characters were such big parts of the nineteen nineties and 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 further and. I feel like this show is kind of ref- still reflecting upon that. Even the, the show's more superhero leaning flavor is likely a response to the even widening of the iconic Western superheroes kind of spreading throughout the world, as well as the worldwide popularity of Power Rangers. Now, Super Sentai has been in Japan, you know, for just as long as Kamen Rider at this point. I, b- I believe that Kamen Rider Kuga crossed over with Time Rangers at some point during the seasons. I'm not exactly I, well, sure. It, it aired alongside of it for sure. But I, I can see how these things might have influenced the direction in which they took Kuga creatively. And it, I mean, I can't I can't say, oh, that's what happened. But I look at the product I'm seeing and I certainly see a completely different product from the first two things that I've watched. Yes, 100 percent. And it's and and it's certainly not a bad thing because I I'm not I really enjoyed Kuga. I thought it was very fun. I think the tonal difference is honestly more present in this show because Black felt like a darker show. 100% Black felt like a darker show. And this show... And I mean, this, and this, this show is weird. This show has plenty of death and plenty of blood, actually. There's but it's a also lot so blood. lighthearted. But Re- Yusuke is so... like Yus- We first meet Yusuke as he is actually talking to the camera because we don't know that... <laughs> we don't know that it... Like, it, it's sort of... F- feels like a breaking the fourth wall moment but yeah and then you find out he's talking to like a lost to a, little kid he's talking to a little kid and but he's trying to make the little kid feel better because the little kid got separated from their parent from from their parents at the airport and it's like oh he's he's is juggling to to make the kid feel better and it's just like this is a guy that you could call him a slacker i don't know that that's necessarily the correct term because this is a dude that works really hard to be a free spirit, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I I, th- I think society at large probably still call him like a, I think it's, is it neat? I think that's b- what they call him. I believe his 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 business card that he hands to people, which is yes. also a very like. I know business <laughs> cards in Japan are a thing, but I came to know Japanese business card culture around the year two thousand, <laughs> and it's like. It's very much like, and I think his business card says like professional dream chaser or something like that. Yes, it, yeah, it does. <laughs> and I, it, it's great. I'm I'm a big fan of Yusuke. I think he is a lot of fun. And it it's really interesting because the tone of like the 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 everything else from the show outside of the the super heroics and Yusuke's general doing of things Everything else is like totally like like forever night. It's very serious. And like these things are killing people. 
And like you see like a kid crying. It's like, what happened to Father Jose? And there are, you know, we talk about we we never actually return to talk about Father Jose in the show, which has surprised me a little bit. Doesn't he you see his you see his dead legs behind the the, yeah, I I, I just assumed he was dead. I mean, the the person that we see as the priest in that episode in episode two, the Batman priest, uh, there is a, a dead body that is also shown earlier in that episode with like you see just the legs and it's like they, they're all like blue veins, like all the. Blood yeah, they're, they're very discolored. It's, it's, it's a wild. cool effect, actually. But uh, no, I mean, again, it's it's this show is interesting because. It does so many things that like and I, I know that they don't often think of their entertainment the same way that American audiences do. We are we have been spoon fed that this is for kids. This is the kind of stuff that kids watch and this is the kind of stuff that teens watch and so on and so forth. Whereas here it's like eh, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. And th- that's the way it is. I don't know what time this show aired either. So and again, I, that's me inflicting mourning meaning kids in america to another culture so i mean i i think it's i think it's just a, it's different and so i don't i don't know if they have the same hang-ups that we do about this kind of a thing and especially so considering miles. how adult the last show was so miles let me ask you a question mm-hmm. because this is a good transition have you ever heard of the odagiri effect no okay the odagiri effect spawns from common writer kugo it is so so let's say that you are uh you know you've got a a young child let's say they're in the range of four to twelve and they really want to watch common writer and so mm-hmm. you know you sit them down in front of the tv to watch common writer but oh what happens when the main character of that show is a pretty attractive dude? Hmm. Well, maybe you sit down and watch that show too. This is the Odagiri effect. Joe Odagiri, who plays our main character, Yusuke Godai, in Kamen Rider Kuga, uh, is known for <laughs> for spawning this because he was so like cute and attractive that this this show that was that was aimed at the ages of four to 12 uh, regularly attracted a specific demographic of women around the age of 30 yeah we had something like that here it's called the orlando bloom effect Um, but no, so, I mean, that, that that makes perfect sense. I mean, I mean, I can't think of anyone who hasn't watched something that they may not have typically watched because, oh, that person's attractive. I'm going to watch this show. But so but again, this in Japan, this was apparently so iconic that that the effect was named after the actor who portrayed it. And in fact, that's awesome. In, in the next uh, the next Kamen Rider series that followed it, Kamen Rider Agito or Agito. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that because we haven't watched it. Um, they uh, they tried to recreate it by casting three super attractive males in the lead roles. Um, and uh, 
And what's funny is that the show also drew large numbers of female viewers, but the long-term older male viewers hated it. Oh, I disapprove. I disapprove. (laughs) Um, I've actually seen um, our boy Otakiri before in a film called Shinobi Heart of the Blade. I remember this is one of those uh, Japanese films that made it over here in the mid 2000s. It's kind of like a romantic period piece. Hmm. And I, I mean, but also I, I feel like ever since this point, and there's, it's always been there in the, in the theme songs, but the, uh, I feel like idol culture became a real big part of the Common Rider series because a lot of artists who have contributed to the Common Rider themes have gone on to do big things. I mean, I feel like that's true of a lot of anime in general I mean, at this it, point, it, too. It certainly happens at this point, but I mean, I could see that being a thing starting with here. I mean, because, um, I mean, Odegiri is st- still acting today. Well, he is, and it's 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 actually interesting in that Odegiri is one of the few common writer actors who has not returned to the role in any kind of crossover event or anything like that. He usually has a uh, of of sound alike or something like that that does it. Yeah, they, yeah, they haven't they haven't gotten him back. So, I mean, I I also know him uh, from the well, here. It's a Netflix original, but it was a TBS show. I think Netflix now owns it, but the Midnight Diner series he's in. Hmm. Have you have you watched those? Have not. I've not heard of it. It's like an anthology series that typically goes around a late night diner. And each actually, it, Midnight Diner has been on Netflix for a long time now, right? Yeah, that it was has. one of the first originals, right? Yeah, um, I know. I know the show itself came out in 2008. Netflix, I mean, now has Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories, which came out in 2016. But um, the initial Midnight Diner, and he's part of both of those. Um, I've only seen a couple episodes, but it's, it's basically an anthology series around a, a late night diner and just telling kind of like night stories in 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 Japan um, or Tokyo. But it's it's really good. I and, and one episode actually is about a Sentai actress, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I, I highly recommend it. But yeah, he's he's he has continued to act and been in a lot of uh, things. Uh, in fact, he was. The main character in an anime adaptation of an anime we have covered for this very show. And I'd help you parse it, parse it out, but something's making me forget it. it. I guess it must be Mushi. Nothing that, that didn't that didn't do anything for you. I mean, is Drew? that 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 Mushi 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 Mushi? OK, yeah, yeah. I- I'll be honest, I wasn't super into that, so I forgot a lot about. Oh, I, I I really liked it. So he <laughs> he he plays Ginko. He's he's the main character oh, in cool. the Mushishi docu- uh, documentary, uh, film adaptation. Um, now he has a um, oh, he's in Azumi as well. Um, he has a very very prolific and popular film career, and I mean also films. And this sounds stupid, but. Films that like have their own sections in Wikipedia. These are typically well-known international movies and that have had international releases. Um, he's had a very, very amazing career. And it does not surprise me that he has <laughs> basically started a whole movement. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, so I, w- I do want to talk about another character that shows up in this show. And this is sort of the our... I'm going to call this our second lead. Again, we only watched two slash four episodes. <laughs> our uh, our our other other kind of lead to this show is uh, Kaoru Ichijo, who is a police. Is he a detective? I'm not exactly sure what his status I is. I thought he was a detective. I mean, he's he dresses like a detective. I thought he introduced himself as a detective or maybe or maybe Yusuke calls him detective once. Then he keeps calling him officer. Yeah, it's tough to say. But Ichijo is like this hard nosed uh, kind of detective character who is tasked with figuring out what's going on with with these random uh, unidentified life forms that show up and who while I will say while Yusuke gets all the the glamour, I mean, he's pretty, too. I mean, he's a good looking dude as well. This is absolutely true. Played by Shingo Katsuriyama, uh, who I haven't actually looked up because I was so uh, entranced with uh, uh, with Yusuke. I mean, I I have seen him. I mean, I'm not knowingly at the time, but I've seen I've certainly seen his performances before because he's in uh, Giant Monsters All Out Attack and Jew on the Grudge 2. Uh, both movies I have seen before, um, but I mean, before I knew who he was, uh, but he is second billing in The Grudge 2 and he is not second billing <laughs> in Giant Monsters All Attack. So I probably missed him there, but I I definitely recognized him. I honestly felt like I recognized him first uh, before recognizing our boy uh, Odagiri. Yeah, I didn't recognize either of them, so that's you know whatever. But uh, anyway, but but Ichijo is is like this this sort of like super hardworking cop archetype, but meshed with the year two thousand. So he's got long hair and this long trench coat that he wears all the time, and he works all the time. But he's so good at his job, and everybody loves him. And he's got this kind of nerdy nerdy other cop that that follows him around and tries to get him to, to do stuff and it's like it's very very funny um but uh but uh yusuke as uh as kuga common Rider kuga saves his life and this is where he realizes that oh this isn't just another one of these weird monsters that have shown up this is this is a good guy and uh, i will say miles what you don't know because you didn't watch this show and I'm going to forever shame you for it um, is that uh, the, the motorcycle of the common rider in this show is given to uh, Yusuke by uh, uh, Ichijo because it's a, hmm. it's a police motorcycle, but that it's better and cooler and faster and stronger because it has all the stuff that they cut out of the consumer model to give to the cops because it's that much better. <laughs> of course, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it. But what you see across the four episodes is sort of the growth of their relationship, and and you see a little bit of this in the early episode in episode. Uh, it's episode one where he saves him from the spider monster and, mm-hmm. and, and Yusuke gives him the thumbs up. And then by episode four, after he has saved the day again, he gives the thumbs up and you get to see, you know, Chijo 
walk away sort of and gives a thumbs up behind him as he walks away and it's like ah they're best friends now yeah i mean you definitely you definitely get get the the sense (laughs) that that's the relationship that's going to happen it's it's uh i mean you know molder and scullish it's i mean i i I really appreciated what I watched of this show. I mean, it's it's like every common writer I've watched and what has made this entire month a freaking mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to dedicate all my time to watching common writer. And I mean, as someone who's already into Tokusatsu from the Super Sentai universe and still hasn't watched all of that. I I oof. It, it's rough because I'm like, oh, man, these these Japanese superhero shows are phenomenal because what we didn't get a lot in American television. Now we were starting to get it more and more frequently at this time in 2000, but even in the eighties, we weren't getting shows that told a serialized story week to week as much outside of soaps. Like when you came to genre TV shows, you weren't getting that even in in your track and stuff, you would get maybe a two parter that would resonate with the rest of the series, but you wasn't, you weren't getting something that, you had to keep up with like a comic book week to week. And yeah, you might've had a monster of the week, but there was an ongoing story that was happening and unfolding I mean, each you, and every week. You did call out Star Trek and I will say Star Trek Deep Space Nine had a fairly serialized story by <laughs> yes. this point. It was over. And at the time it was also super unpopular. It's now considered one of the best shows of the entire franchise. I agree. And you're right. But even, <laughs> even Deep Space Nine, even Deep Space Nine, while it did do that, had plenty of its episodes of the week. Um, but you're, but you are right. We are about to get into the, the heyday of serialized content, uh, serialized, uh, serialized. I'm going to call this science fiction. I, I believe common writer would count as science fiction. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're certainly entering. I mean, Buffy was on the air at this point, you know, and that was certainly doing it. But I mean, common writer black was doing this in 1988. Like yeah. they, they, they were telling a story where like it was to be continued and you had to watch what happened next week to this guy. It wasn't like the Hulk where it's like, he ends up in a different town every week and then walks away and blah, blah, blah. Like this was an actual story that that was carrying over. Yeah. So uh, I do want to to add one more thing to the common writer mix in this. And I believe from my research and please feel free to let us know if I am incorrect in this. This is the first time in common writer Kuga. And we only know this from what we watched from the opening uh, credits. <laughs> but this is the first time that we have different forms of the common writer armor that yeah that the common writer dons in the first couple of episodes we have this sort of beginner all white the all white yeah tiny tiny little antenna form um and then as we get into to episode three we get the actual full normal red common writer form this is in a two oh is that one in two okay mm-hmm. but uh but but then later on down the line we get like a uh a, a a form that's I can't remember whether it's green or blue. That's like one is more speedy and, and has a faster weapon and one is stronger, but it's more based on like long range sniping. And then uh, I, I have looked up that there is an actual ultimate form of this that happens towards the last couple of episodes. That's like the best of all of them, uh, which has a, an even bigger antenna for it. 
Um, this is also, by the way, a common Rider that's based off of the beetle motif instead of a grasshopper motif, which is the first time that we on this show have seen that. Um, and from well, from here on out, we'll see the series kind of graduate from that altogether. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but but so the, hey, next week we'll, we'll see graduate from all Next week we're gonna get there. But uh, so but that is that is one of the things that I again is interesting about this Common Rider Kuga is, and I will also say, having watched four episodes of this, he has been referred to as Kuga by all of the bad guys no one has called him common rider once and well this is i think a, even black that was happening because I he was think, called black sun i i think that's true I, I i i feel like he's he's like calling something common rider is not super common mm-hmm. i'll go to um yeah, you know, it definitely seems like Common Rider. Yes, yeah, the name of the show, but maybe not necessarily the name of the character, even though the character is a writer. Um, I mean, like, yeah, you, you know, when they in Star Trek, they don't ever go on a Star Trek. They. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's similar to that. I, I, I do want to talk briefly about something uh, because I feel like it took me way longer to catch on than it should have. Um. Drew, how long did it take you to catch on to the fact that the bad guys were talking backwards like Zatanna? In the official YouTube uh, translations or the subtitles, the bad guys, whenever they talk, is backwards. So I watched on Tubi TV and I didn't didn't do that at all. Interesting. So I watched on the official Toei like website and everyone else's stuff is normal. But whenever a bad guy speaks, it's backwards like Satana. That when she talks is wild. OK, Didn't so maybe maybe it's maybe it's a problem with the actual trans. I should have looked it up. I thought it was like a thing where like because they would say some things that were that came out normally. And, and and often it was something that was like in English or something. But I was like, oh, OK, maybe this is a thing where like he can't understand them yet because they don't seem to be conversing that much. And. I don't know, but in the first two episodes that I watched on on the official YouTube. The bad guys talk, their their subtitles are backwards. That's wild. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Okay, now I feel dumb. I wonder if that's just a YouTube hiccup or if like that's something that like they just didn't bother with the other localization in Tubi. Oh, I don't know. That's really strange. I don't know that. <laughs> huh. Now I now I wish I had looked it up because I was like, oh, maybe maybe it's a thing. Um because <laughs> yeah, that that's wild. Yeah. Um, so how did you feel? I I, I do want to talk about our general feelings about it. So we've talked a little bit about this. How did you feel about the the Batman, the Spider-Man and, and the the action aspect of the show. We've talked a little bit about like all here's the changes that have been made. But how did you feel about it from the superhero aspect of Common Rider? So I uh, the, the what? So this is what I'll say. Once the the Common Rider is in the suit. It's OK. It's good. It's what I expect. But but again, and we covered this earlier in the episode the transformations into the common rider and the transformations into, you know, 
some of the the monsters doing things um just this is in that that era where cg effects were new and everybody wanted to use them but the problem with those cg effects is that they do not age well and the they might look good for a tv show in the year 2000 they just don't look good at all and i look at i i think the effects in common rider black were better because they were they were sort of at the 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 peak of practical effects then and we're at the the we're at the the the, the little uh the 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 what do you call that the the spawning oh, excuse me of 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 cg effects the the sort of the the yeah debut. i mean it's it's certainly the kind of dawn of of dawn. this being it's done such a better thing than spawn uh, more frequently i i so i i think part of it is because i've watched a lot of uh japanese horror and sci-fi films around this time and because of that this sort of stuff is not a hindrance to me and i mean even last week yes it was very cool because like seeing the camera tricks they were pulling with black was really really cool but super cool i mean and even in black i mean i don't want to say that black was perfect you could see you could see the 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 scan lines where they were definitely green screening in something oh for sure around like but like there was a moment in the, even the very first episode of of Kuga where they were hanging, they were supposedly hanging on to uh, the the like landing strut of a helicopter as they were fighting something. And it's like, oh, no, they're just hanging on to a beam as as they <laughs> as they okay, move the green so- screen around. And it's like, this just doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. I'm sorry. <laughs> So I, 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 while we were talking about this, I, I looked up the language thing, and this is interesting. So during during Kuga's original Japanese run, every line spoken in the Garangi's native language was left unsubtitled, without any hints as to what they were actually talking about. Oh wow, that's wild. So fan sites attempted to decipher the language with, with mostly success. The main mysteries in the early parts of these series include the reason for their attacks and why they escape without resistance. In their native language lines, the Grungi actually address all those mysteries even in the early episodes, which is why their dialogue is left unsubtitled. But the Japanese language subtitles for their lines were included when the show was released on DVD and then subsequently Blu-ray and then in rebroadcasts on the Toei channel and YouTube page, as well as in the English language subtitles on shout, they were added. However, it also notates that in the English subtitles of the official Kuga episodes on YouTube, every word in the Grungi dialogue is spelled backwards in kind of celebration of the mystery interesting like to keep that kind of air of like yeah you can figure it out if you want to because we've left this out there so we don't need to make it a total mystery but we're also going to make it a little bit of a game and to be to be the to be tv version does not even bother with that it just tells you right so 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 shout and stuff like they 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 don't either but i i kind of dig that to be honest that's a cool that's a cool aspect to this show especially learning that it was never subtitled in the original run it's like it, it's one of those things where it's like I appreciate that every time that there is a character that is from a particular area of Japan that's considered like the the 
the southern like the 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 kind of mm-hmm. what we would that they give them a southern accent in the dub uh, it's that kind of thing that i appreciate granted i'm from the south of the u.s so i just kind of appreciate uh anytime that there's a southern character in things um you know <laughs> don't know where i was going with that I, but i was i i was i was really pleased with this show it is i think I think it being totally all over the place can sometimes hurt it a little bit just because there's a little bit of a whiplash going on. But I like I like the change of. Of story, I like I like it leaning into being a little bit more of a superhero show. I mean, it's still fun. It's honestly, Miles, I'm so sad you didn't get to see episode three, which introduces you to a lot of of other Garongi characters. That I'm are, not gonna lie. I, I, as with all the other writer stuff, I have every intention following up uh, on this. So and I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say that in the future we are gonna do an actual deep dive into one of these shows, oh, so we can 100 like, fam. I, uh, I have like even watching two episodes a week. I have, and I've, I've always. I mean, I liked Master Rider growing up when it was part of the whole Power Rangers Saban thing. For sure, and like I've never been of adverse to Common Rider, but man, this just getting to dip my toes in this pool has made me want to dive in. I am a, oh. becoming a fan. Oh yeah. We are ready to. And shit. I, I did the motions for you guys that don't, uh, that didn't get to see it. Miles got to see it. For, he was for, for, for that visual podcast. We have, he was so <laughs> thrilled. He was like, Oh, I know exactly what you're doing right now. I, I, I do but, love uh, that. He just did henshin out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> weird. It's kind of like, well, he gets visions. It's okay. Um, uh, the, that's the, true. That's a good point. But but I will say that like you missed in episode three when we learn about the the uh, the other Garongis. Like they they go to Tokyo, and they go to Shibuya Square, which is like if you've ever played Persona Five, you know Shibuya Square, right? Um, or if you've ever watched a lot of other anime and other Japanese stuff, you know what Shibuya Square is. But I've played Persona Five, so that's where I know it mostly from. Uh, so it's all these iconic mo- places that you're familiar with where you just have these sort of cyber goth characters <laughs> walking around, like making weird faces and looking at humans and like, Oh, what's going on? And the, it's, it, it's, mwah. it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, common writer Kuga. One of the weird, we haven't started a Patreon, um, but we need to we need to make enough money to do this full time so that we can watch all of Common Rider in history. Miles, I hate to say I, I don't disagree. Um, if you would like us to do that, you can uh, email us cosmicgrit at gmail dot com. Uh, but in the meantime, Common uh, Rider Kuga it, for, for the episodes that we watched is. Very different than everything we have seen before. and super fun and super good and i i love it so much and i hate to move on from it but we have to for the last entry in tokuvember uh, and this one is one that kind of goes back to the origins of the more you nerd because this is a show that came out after we started doing this podcast um we want to talk about a show and we're unfortunately only going to get to watch two episodes of this one because those are the only two episodes that are available on streaming 
though apparently you can get a DVD copy still pretty regularly. Um, I have a DVD set. <laughs> yeah, I don't though. So I'm stuck watching two episodes. Um, we want to watch and are going to watch Common Writer Gaim. Uh, this is one of the most popular uh, of the shows that we found. This w- ran from 2013 to 2014. And unlike a lot of uh, of Common Rider shows up to this point that have been based on bugs, this is based on fruit. Yeah, so th- I mean, at this point, we are launching over a decade past Kuga's debut and Common Rider has become a very different thing. And although still a very popular thing. And this one is one that has been celebrated by many, uh, not just for its style, but for its really interesting story, which is not a surprise because this one was kind of curated, created by Jin Urobuchi, Urobuchi who if you have listened to our show, uh, we have covered his highly acclaimed anime series, Puella Magi Madoka Magica. Um, he has also been involved in many, many other franchises and anime. Um, Psychopaths. Uh, I think he actually was on staff uh, for that most recent Ruby anime that came out. But... This one is pretty, pretty amazing. And having um, Urobuchi at the helm, I think, is certainly noticeable. This is very much a different flavor. And oh, boy, howdy, is it is it is it different from the shows that we have been watching? And- also, now having watched some Kamen Rider, I'm like, I can see the similarities here, even though it is like I said, very different. <laughs> yeah. And, and the common writer shows that we've talked about so far, you know, the first common writer show had the double writers only because the original writer got injured in an, an accident. And we have had a lot of common writer shows that have just had one writer. And in fact, uh common writer, uh, Kuga was originally designed to have multiple writers, but they changed that after the, the death of, of Ishinomori, the creator, to only have one writer out of respect for him. That is something that changed the very next show. Um, and as I look at just the Wikipedia page for this, there are 15 common writers in the show. <laughs> and that's just the show. There are another 20 more in a movie that happens later. There are so many common writers in the show. There's there's multiple on? there's multiple writers there's multiple I mean monsters have access to some of this power it's it's very weird it's very cool um I I I'm excited to talk about this show I mean this I remember when we first like texted this this clip and it was a clip of like a combination of different morphing sequences I'm sorry using all of the fruits. I'm sorry I'm sorry what sequences morphing sequences no 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 these are not these are not rangers these are common writers these are henshin sequences they're morphing sequences um they they are still morphing 
even even though the the Western iteration has certainly tried to copyright that term, <laughs> they are henching. <laughs> but uh, the 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 transformation sequences we we, we watched this uh, video clip that that had several of them kind of strung together, and we were all awestruck. And especially having never watched an actual episode of Kamen Rider, I was like, I don't know what this is, but this is magic. This is wild. This is absolutely wild. And so, uh, so the the unfortunate side effect of this is that because we are only watching stuff that is legally available, easily available in the U.S., we're only going to watch two episodes of this, which I'm already. Yeah, it's it's about. a bummer because like I mean, like you were with Kuga, like as it, I mean, it it just it gets bigger and bigger. Um, so it's it's a super bummer that you you should just come over. <laughs> yeah, I'm all I'm already mad. I'm already angry that I don't get to watch more of the show because it's already and we're going to talk about this as the evolution of common writer because miles and i've talked a lot off air about the three sort of the the triforce of of japanese superhero stuff you've got the ultramans you've got the common writers and you've got the super sentai series and and this is a show that the common writers have changed so much mm-hmm. versus honestly a lot of the other shows that that we have have watched and it, i mean ultraman has its fair share of wildness I, I will say that that's also true and you know i have a feeling at some point next year we're going to do kind of a deep dive on the ultraman series like we have done with the common writers right now um i i i can kind of curate that a little bit i i would say we can skip i mean i it's worth watching the initial series but um as much as I love Ultra Q, Ultra Q is great. Um, having recently done it in Kaiju versus History as well as Ultraman, um, I can say it'd be more interesting for us to maybe watch the that first show and then others. Um, I look, I'm not on the me, other show that you're talking about, so I don't know anything about. I, I know, you, and I really, I really, saying. I really wish we had brought you in for those two weeks. I hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I I will say. I, I really hope that with the Shin Kamen Rider uh, coming out soon and Shin yep. Ultraman getting a theatrical release in January in the yep. States. Which, by the way, we just found out about yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I know Amano hasn't said nothing, but I would love like a Shin Go Ranger. I just just make it the perfect because I know I think they even said that, that there there is talks of like all the shins having some sort of cinematic universe, probably not in the way we're thinking It'd probably be like uh, everything else where it's a pachinko machine or a, a 7-Eleven exclusive toy, which is I have the uh, Evangelion Mechagodzilla, but I would love that. <laughs> Well, that is a question and a comment and a speculation for another episode. Uh, but for now, uh, let us finish talking about Kamen Rider Kuga, as they only refer to him as Kuga uh, in a cool, cool way, which I believe is some sort of translation of Beetle. Um, and I don't know what it is. But anyway, so that's where we're going to finish this uh, today. Uh, and next time we're going to talk about Common Rider Gaim 
Uh, but if in the meantime, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreuner.com with all of our episodes and all of our back catalog. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreunerd, Twitter at themoreunerd for now, at least I think for, you know, stuff is wild fam and of course you can always email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com in the meantime we're going to end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. out and shit